Welcome to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where we bridge the gap between you and your goals with science and sustainability in your health, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle journey. I hope you share and enjoy. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Litt, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive into self-sabotage. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Uh, We actually, I mean, we've done a couple episodes on self-sabotage, I feel like in the past, but I, I feel like every time we get into this topic, we just have such a better perspective on it, like every time, because it's been what? 2020 was when we started the podcast almost three like three and a half years of this podcast so yeah we learned a lot yeah I feel like not only have we learned a lot but just a lot of experiences with our clients and then how much you and I have evolved over the past three years is a lot (laughs) yeah yeah well there's self-sabotage and like there's just like everything that comes before that, right? Of like, of not even getting started in the first place, not even taking the bet on yourself, whatever that is, doing the hard thing. Um, but I, I was like, I kind of want to revisit this topic because it's been coming up literally in like three or four different conversations that I have had, or I'm having today are all around this idea of like self-doubt, imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, like, and it just keeps coming up. And I'm like, I'm supposed to learn something from this, uh, from this repetition that keeps popping up. What is it? What is it? So, um, so yeah, where do you want to start? Well, I think that we should just define it first. Like what is self-sabotage? Yeah. Um, well, I would say it's anything that is not doing, not following through on the things that, you know, are on the path in front of you. Um, basically just setting yourself backwards, whether that is not taking action or taking an action that's incongruent with the goals that you have. So a simple example of a fitness journey would be uh, if I'm supposed to go work out, then either just like skipping it or like going and doing some damage at a, at a McDonald's drive-through or something. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that self-sabotage can be conscious or like subconscious or like unconscious where it's like, You're kind of just doing things and it, and I think it's also behaviors and thoughts. Um, so like the behaviors, like you said, it's like going to McDonald's or maybe it's like you're procrastinating going to the gym or like, uh, you know, when it comes to thoughts, it's like negative self-talk, almost like talking yourself out of doing things. And so I think it's, it's really interesting because most times people have these goals, especially in the context of like health and fitness, like I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. I want to do these things. And then your actions and your thoughts are the complete opposite of your goals. And that can be really, really, really frustrating. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about that too. Like you said, actions and thoughts, and these things are conscious and subconscious. So sometimes you can like literally see yourself taking the opposite action and be like, why am I doing this? And that's typically when we're really hard on ourselves because we're literally like seeing it happen in real time. We're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But I think a lot of times self-sabotage is very sneaky and it comes in ways where we really only are able to break it down in hindsight. We're like, oh, I didn't, 
end up doing the thing that I wanted to do, or, you know, I just didn't go in the direction that I wanted. And you realize it after the fact, because during you were so convinced that that was the right thing to do. And you literally master manipulated yourself subconsciously from those rooted beliefs that need to change in order for you to change, but you don't even know that they're there or what they are. And so actually something that I, it's like a quote that I came back to recently is that the beliefs that are often holding us back that need to change um, are almost always the ones that we wouldn't even think to question. The things that we would accept as truth, right? So think about things that we just accept as truth that maybe can be changed. Um, So simple examples would be something like, I'm not athletic. Like maybe you just grew up and you weren't athletic. You never did sports. You didn't really have an easy time picking up certain things. And maybe now you're in your fitness journey and you're telling yourself this belief that you're not athletic, uh, when in reality, that is something that could be up to question. Like, is that actually true or not? And I think there's a, a lot of times it's the stuff that we would just not otherwise even put a question mark in front of is the stuff that actually might be holding us back. Um, and that's, it's hard to point out because usually beliefs that we accept as true are things that are very close to our identity. And with that, it's if somebody else goes and questions those things, it can sometimes be taken as offensive or like rude to kind of challenge that. So what I would challenge you as the listener to do is to think about what are what are some things, some things in your health and fitness journey or, you know, the, the things you're trying to grow in in your life that you accept to be true and maybe just start to put a question mark by those and some of them will be some of them won't be but I think it's important that you just learn to practice questioning things regularly so that you can grow yeah I love that and I think the the other thing that you were seeing too is like when it when it comes to self-sabotage I think it's really important that like like you were saying, like you, you have these truths. So it could be like, you know, the, we use this example last time on the podcast, like I'm really, really tired. So, or I don't feel like going to the gym or like I have really low energy or like I didn't sleep well. And like, you're able to, like you said, kind of like manipulate and that might be true. And so we kind of have certain things to kind of put in place to kind of combat that. So it's like, well, let's just go to the gym for like 10 minutes. And if you still feel like shit and if you still don't want to be there, then leave. Right. But it's like sometimes like when you get up and get moving, it's like you've kind of find the energy that you have. But it's like in that moment, you're like, but I am tired, but yeah. I am this. And so it can be really hard. Or another example, I feel like that is usually most common is like food where it's like, oh, my God, I had a stressful day. I deserve this. I need this like or I'm craving that or whatever it is. And then it could be after the fact, you're like, why did I just do that? And you're so frustrated, but it's like in that moment, you were so convinced that like, this was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. And it's like, when you, when you believe that that is the case, I am so tired. There's no, I'm so tired after work. There's no way that I could go get a workout in. Well, yeah, that's definitely the case now, since you believe that it's the classic, like whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. 
classic, mm-hmm. what is it, Henry Ford quote? Uh, but it's true. Whatever we believe does end up filtering into the reality that we create. And that's a very difficult concept for most people in general to grasp onto. And I think the area that we're struggling in the most like is the area that we tend to feel like we have the least amount of control right Mm -hmm. so it's like those beliefs are very like externally centered of like I'm not capable of this I'm not capable of that or like this is a circumstance and like I just can't do it Um, and those are usually the areas in life where we're stuck is when we take that kind of external locus of control viewpoint versus the areas that we probably feel very confident in we we were like oh I have control over this I can I can make things happen here. Um, So think about like what those areas of your life are. Like, where do you feel like you have a lot of control? Where do you feel like you don't? And does that line up with where you're thriving versus where you're struggling? Yeah. And I feel like, and I'm sure that you see this a lot with your clients where it's like, and and, I mean, ours too, we've got, we've got like engineers, we have, you know, NASA scientists and they are thriving in their careers and they feel like they can do anything and they feel so confident. But then whenever, for whatever reason, when it comes to health and fitness, they don't feel the same way. And that can be really, really, really frustrating where it's like, I don't understand why I can't figure this out. Or I don't understand why I can't be successful here as well. Um, so I think it's important that, and I think that self-sabotage is kind of interesting again, because there is kind of that like subconscious aspect of things but I feel like it's important to try to figure out like, what are my triggers? Like, what are things that kind of lead to these behaviors? Like, is it stress? Is it fear of failure? And I feel like that's a hard one because people are like, why am I afraid? Like, or like fear of success almost because it's like, why would I be afraid of success? Um, But again, feel a failure or like maybe you have past experiences um, that are kind of shaping your behaviors now. Like, again, kind of like you were saying, it's like you have these deep rooted beliefs, like I'm not an athlete or I'm not good at X, Y, Z. Um, so kind of like doing that internal work to kind of figure out like, where is this stemming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times that fear of failure is, is very, very strong, right? Because you may not have a great track record in the area that you happen to struggle in, right? So like the classic example in this realm is you've lost weight a number of times, you've never been able to keep it off, or you've tried all these things and nothing's worked for you. And so kind of getting yourself back up and trying again or hiring a new coach can be really, really scary because you only have a track record of failure that you're looking back at it. But the the ironic part of it is that basically not taking that action is, is holding you back from making any progress. Whereas if you take some action, even if it's not the perfect fit, you make progress, either you learn something about like what you don't want and what's not going to serve you, or you are successful. And so the higher likelihood is that you're successful when you take action, even in the, in spite of fearing failure versus like just not doing anything at all. And the fear of failure typically breeds inaction, which then breeds more self-doubt and more feelings of fear of failure. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And it's like, when we're afraid of something, it's because like it, it, in our mind, it like gets bigger because our brain and our body is like, oh, 
she didn't take action because of this thing. This thing must be really worth being afraid of. We should get really, really afraid of this thing. That's what our brain does. It, it magnifies things that we are fearful of and avoid taking action on. But as soon as we take action on something, there's usually this amount of like relief of like, oh my God, I did the workout. It wasn't that hard. I conquered it. It wasn't that bad. And then from there, momentum spirals because you you proved to yourself it actually wasn't that bad. You got through it. Um, but it's like, it's, it has the complete opposite effect when you allow that fear of failure to take over. Yeah. And I think that part of that stems sometimes from like, what are our goals? And sometimes if you have a big goal, like, let's say you have a lot of weight to lose, maybe you've got like 50, 80, you know, hundred pounds to lose that can feel very overwhelming. And if you feel like you're trying to do everything at once, it's, you know, you, I feel like that like can lead to frustration, which can lead to the self-sabotage, which can lead to that self-doubt. So I think it's important that we set those realistic goals. So it doesn't feel like you kind of brought this up kind of like the all or nothing, right? Like I have to do this or I can't do it at all. And so it's like, if you just break it down and make it very small, like very tangible things that you can do, I feel like it starts to become a little bit easier to actually take that action um, because it doesn't feel as daunting. It's like, well, I can go to the gym once or I can go on a five minute walk. Like I can do that. And, but if you're setting that, like, you know, 75 hard, you're like, I two workouts a day and this, and it's extreme and you got to do this. And I got to eat salads for every meal and I can't cheat. And I can't do like that feels that can feel really hard. Um, so I think just kind of making things a little bit more simple and, and this, and then <laughs> that's the other end of the spectrum is sometimes it's like, well, pfft, that's not going to help me reach my goals. Like that's too simple. That's too easy. And so you, you don't do it. So they've got to be just challenging enough, but also like realistic enough that you'll actually be able to take that action. Yeah. And it's like, I think a lot more people veer on the side of thinking that they just need to like slap themselves and get themselves to just suck it up and do it. When in reality, most people would benefit from like chunking things down and being more simple. So like, I think a lot, I don't argue most of self-sabotage can actually come from seeing the gap between where you are and where you want to be and feeling like it's so large and overwhelming. Like you said, that it's like, what's even the point, right? Because like, that's, that's too much to overtake. And that's where the fear of success actually comes in. Because if you see that gap and you're like, well, in order to get there, I would need to be X, Y, and Z type of person and do all these things, make all these changes that are clearly just impossible, right? Because we don't have the current belief in ourselves that we could be that person. So the fear of success is assigning this like mystical value to the person you'd need to be at the end of the journey. And it's like, oh, well, I can't sustain that. That's not who I am. That's not. And we're being so focused on the outcome of like who I might become and what that might mean that it takes us away from getting anywhere on the process to even find that out in the first place. Cause the reality is, is by the time you get to that end goal, you've already become that person. And that person is someone you're very, very proud of being, but because we're looking from the ground all the way up, we have all these limited beliefs about who that person is that we don't even get started in the first place. So that gap between, yeah, when we see a huge gap between where we are, where we want to be, it can, it brings up a lot of feelings. Like if you think about who is a great person that you want to become, imagine him, imagine her, like we all have a vision of this person of a higher standard that we hold ourselves to. 
even you and I, right? Like we've, we've never arrived. We've never made it to this perfect person. We have a huge gap, but if we try to do that immediately, like we almost always set ourselves up for failure. Hey, hey, if you're not driving and you're liking this episode, just take two seconds and support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. These ratings and reviews just allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto this show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. And if you like this episode, just screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share really could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too, and we appreciate that. All right, back to the show. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that also comes from just like your your mm-hmm. mindset. And so I love that quote by by Henry Ford that you referenced earlier, because I think it just highlights like how important the mind is and how important that is in your journey. And if you are super, super, super negative, and again, you're like, well, I'm never going to get there. Well, then you're not because all of your, all of your actions are going to reflect how you're thinking. And so I know it's silly when you hear something like affirmations, or if you hear like, you know, and we're not telling you to be like, like the toxic positive person where like, you know, you're like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, it's okay to, to have like emotions, but like, you need to shift your perspective on things and have a more positive outlook. And that is really going to change. And so I forget like, like what the example is, but it's like, you know, if you are like, man, I really want a yellow car, which are really kind of weird, right? Like you don't really see a whole lot, but if you're like seeking for that, you're going to see a lot more yellow cars than you would have because you're thinking about it. And so I feel like it's the same thing with your, with your mindset. If you are seeking out positivity, you're going to find more opportunities. You're going to find more positives. Like you're going to look at yourself and think more highly of yourself um, because it's very easy for you to to focus on everything that you didn't do or all the negatives for that day. And if you have that outlook, then you're not going to be very successful. So I'm not going to, you know, it's not like you just listen to this podcast, you snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're this this positive person, Um, but trying to embrace a more positive outlook, whether it's through, um, you know, journaling, um, like gratitude or whatever that may be like that can have, um, just a profound change on your, your mindset and like just the opportunities and everything that you experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said, like whatever you seek, you will find, um, because it's, it's very true, right? It's yeah. I'm looking whatever I focus on, I'm going to attract It's the classic law of attraction, but it, it really is, the case, not, not because any woo woo magic happens, but just because like everything's out there, like the world is so full of so many things. And when you're directing your attention consistently towards something, you will always find evidence to back up whatever it is you're looking for. And so I think that's where repeated, I don't even like using the word either, but like repeated affirmations can be helpful because if you repeat to yourself, I am this person, I am this person, I am this person, I am this person, you're going, it's just the repetition of, okay, well then how are you going to, what lens are you going to look at the world through if you are constantly telling yourself that? And what opportunities are you going to find? 
Um, and it, I think to an extent, it's like, you kind of have to like trick yourself into thinking that way. Um, or like, just when it comes to like changing really anything, I like to think of it versus as like inputs versus outputs, uh, like a very simple math equation, the inputs, uh, or sorry, inputs versus inputs, uh, like the inputs that you want to prevail in your life that you want to be the output have to be greater than all the other inputs that are coming in. So I use this example with one of my coaches and we were talking about a client who was really struggling and the coach was like, I just feel like a broken record. And I was like, you very well should. And she was like, why? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, think about it. If this person works with you and they check in with you once or twice a week through check-ins, text, whatever, and maybe just maybe they come to an office hour once a week as well. That's three touch points. And how many touch points does this person have with the outside world, with social media, with their friends and their family, with all the other influences that give them the opposite message with their health and their fitness journey that will, you know, prey on instant gratification, that will prey on their short-term desires, that will prey on things that they know are not serving them in the long run. How many inputs? And she was like, oh, hundreds thousands throughout the week. Right. And so, yeah, we should feel like really, really repetitive broken records. Cause if it's only three touch points that we have a week out of hundreds and thousands, we're fighting an uphill battle. So we have to remind ourselves those things over and over again. I think the same rings true for our thoughts. We have over 60,000 thoughts per day and a majority of them are negative. So doing a couple, like shouting a couple of positive affirmations in the mirror, isn't actually doing that much in the greater context of our day. So how can we continue to insert that and just have a, a simple daily practice, right? Seems, seems like, oh, what's even the point, right? But every single day, three things you're grateful for, an affirmation or two of who is the person you're becoming. And that can set the tone and that can help you look through that lens more often through the day and then eventually maybe the inputs will outweigh the other negative inputs. Yeah. I love that because it's, it's like, you're only one person and like, you have so much like opinion, like so many opinions from other people. So I think that's really big. So, um, another thing that I was, I was thinking of when you were talking was, um, like the power of, of not just your, your thoughts, um, as far as like, you know, giving your affirmations, but also the power of visualization. And so this is something that like professional athletes use, um, you know, motivators, like all these people, just because of how powerful it is. And if you think about it, like, I'm going to use the example of someone who is maybe having difficulty stepping into a gym, like they're, what if this happens? What if I fall? What if I do this? What if I don't know how to use a machine the right way? Um, and that keeps them from going to the gym. And so having that visualization or kind of like the thoughts, like, what if that doesn't happen though? What if you go into the gym and you have a great lift? Like, what if you go into the gym and you make new friends? Like, what if you go into the gym and you have the best day over and you feel your best? And so like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And so literally sitting down and like imagining yourself, like very, very detailed, like getting ready to go to the gym, tying your shoes. What is your pre-workout taste like? Or like, what is your drink taste like? What do you, you know, what do you feel like? What does this gym smell like when you walk in? Um, you know, how, how are you feeling out? Like, you know, all of these things 
And if you do that over and over and over again, and you have a positive experience, I think you're going to be more likely to actually go than if you sit there and dwell about all the things that could go wrong. Um, so just something like that can make a really, really big difference. Or, you know, you can even use the same thing with nutrition, um, like visualizing yourself, like eating the things or like doing meal prep or like whatever it may be. And if you do that more often than not, it's like, that's just going to become normal for you now. Cause you're just like, I've already done this. Like I've done this like a hundred times and like, I can do this. Yeah. And I actually, uh, that reminds me of something that a friend of mine had said recently. Uh, she had said, you have to make sure that you give the positive what ifs just as much airtime as the negative what ifs. So the negative what if, what if this doesn't work? What if I fail? What if this, what if that? And we're always thinking these things, but like, have you just given yourself a chance to think about what the positive what ifs are? What if it did work? What if you were successful? What if all the things that you actually wanted in your life came true for you? What would that do? And I think it's important that if you're going to entertain all the negative shit, that you give yourself at least a fraction of that time to entertain the positive. Arguably, I'd like to see equal, but you know, I think one of the big takeaways from this is you have to have just mindfulness in your thoughts as a whole. You have to start to really tune into what the heck is the dialogue in my head right now? Because if you're not in tune with that, you don't have control. You won't have control over your actions, your behaviors, and you're not going to have control over the direction that your life takes if you don't start to be aware of what those thoughts are and cataloging how many of them are beating myself down, how many of them are negative, and how many of them are positive. And I think an easy thing you can do is just count the positive ones because I guarantee you it's like you're going to be able to count it on one hand when you start. And then, you know, that'll get better over time, but just bringing awareness to how much is negative versus how much is positive and not even just positive, but neutral. Uh, and, and let's start to shift that because if we can start to shift that, you get so much control over everything in your life for the reason that we said, because when you think positively, you attract positive things, you find opportunities, you see more avenues, you see more openings and you're able to just see the positive possibilities. Yeah. And when it does, when it comes to the, the negative side of things, like, um, I'm going to use an example that I saw recently. Someone was afraid to start putting themselves out there on social media. What if people make fun of me? You know, like what, what if this, and what if, and it's like, okay, well, what if someone makes fun of you? Then what? Well, like, or gives you a negative comment. Well, it would, it would feel hurtful. Okay. And then what? Well, then I guess that like, that's it. It's like, okay, cool. So like, was it really that bad? And you're like, well, I guess not. Or like, what if, what if my friends make fun of me? Well then like, would you want to be friends with people who make fun of you? And it's like, well, no, I guess not. So then they're not true friends. Like what if they, and then the other, what if, what if they support you? What if you get hot? Like, what if you change someone's life from post? Like, so it, it is like, you know, you can play devil's advocate, but also kind of like almost entertaining those negative thoughts in a sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, would it be the end of the world? Well, I guess no, it really wouldn't like, okay. So like, let's do the thing. Like yeah. let's, let's, let's go ahead and do that. And, and almost kind of like, almost like looking, I want to say looking forward to the failures, 
but just kind of like normalizing or adapting to setbacks because like if they happen you're going to grow from that like it's going to feel not so fun in the moment but afterwards you're going to be that much more equipped to handle a situation like that in the future and you're probably going to be stronger than you were because you've gone through some hard shit um so it's, it's, you know, just, and again, it's not that easy. Just do the thing, right? Just go ahead and do it. Um, but just knowing that that is part of the journey, that's part of the process and who you're going to become as a result of that is, is, is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You said it beautifully. It's like, you have to, you have to fall on your face to actually get anywhere. Um, and just being able to, face that fear. Um, and that, that's called fear foreshadowing, by the way, like visualizing the actual negative outcomes. And it's, it's actually been shown in research to be effective in getting people to do things. Because when you realize the worst case scenario is actually not that bad, then you're like, okay, well then why, why am I not doing this? Um, and most times, you know, I can't speak to everyone's life circumstance. Like maybe you are, you know, dabbling in these life or death scenarios for whatever reason, but for most people in most situations, especially in health and fitness, like the worst case scenario of you trying something and taking an action towards your health is not that bad. You know, maybe you waste some food or you make a recipe that you hate or you fall on your face at the gym or something like that. But it's usually not that bad. Usually we catastrophize. We let things grow in our mind. We let the fear grow into something completely irrational and it's only when we bring awareness to it and we bring it out and we say, this is what I'm afraid of. And we hear ourselves and we're like, oh, that's kind of silly is when we're able to be like, oh, so it's not that bad. So what am I waiting for? Yeah, I love that. Fear for shattering. It's, it's, it's such an interesting concept because it's like when you really go down and like, what if this happens? Well, what if it does? And like, oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess it's not too bad. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's, using that for, for any situation, not just when it comes to health and fitness, but obviously that is the, the topic of our podcast. Um, but yeah. I think that that is, uh, those are all really, really, really good points that you just made. Yeah. Well, and then I think to like tie it all together, one of my favorite quotes ever by Alex Ramosi kind of brings in like building confidence, defeating self-sabotage, um, all of these things that we've talked about together, which is like if you're struggling with being confident with doing the thing, like the only way that you get better at it is by doing the thing. Because the quote is, you don't build confidence by shouting affirmations in the mirror. You build confidence by building an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. So if you doubt yourself, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, if you struggle with self-sabotage, the only way that you get out of it is by doing more hard shit, falling on your face, learning from it, getting better. And eventually you won't feel like an imposter. You'll feel like you know what you're doing and you feel confident, but not because you just sat there and read a bunch of books and listened to a bunch of podcasts and didn't do anything. It's because you took action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also like, you know, we talked about how we've evolved over the years. And so I don't want you to think that Marissa and I have not struggled or do not currently struggle with stuff like this. But if we had just thought about starting coaching and having all those like thoughts of well, what if I'm not qualified? What if someone doesn't get results? What if this happens? What if I fail? What if I, you know, it's like all these things. And it's like, you just start and you evolve and you make mistakes, but like you grow from that process. 
Um, and again, that's not to say that we just did it and that was fine. And <laughs> But we, there were a lot of things that we had to overcome mentally in order to get to where we are now. And we still have big aspirations for where we want to be. Um, but I think one of the things that you and I have, mostly me calling myself out, that I've gotten better with is like making decisions. Because it is, it is really hard sometimes, especially with the amount of information that we have out here to feel like, well, what if I make a wrong decision? What if I do this? What if it's not right? And so just kind of learning that, well, inaction is not going to get me anywhere. So I just need to make a decision. If it was wrong, cool, then we'll pivot and we'll go the opposite direction because at least we learned. Um, so kind of having that mentality when it comes, again, not just to starting a business, but health, fitness, whatever it may be, whatever you're experiencing that self-sabotage around um, it, it's typically usually better to just make a decision and see what happens. Always. Yeah. That's the action. Um, and yeah. I think decision-making it's a part of that. It's yeah. It's a part of building confidence, making decisions, builds more confidence, regardless of if they were right or wrong than not making any at all. So yeah, beautifully said. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps everything up. So, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully you guys, yeah. Enjoyed this episode short and sweet. Um, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.